Automotive Hour. Your host, Lewis Alderson, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. Hey, yeah, we sure wish you would. We all appreciate hearing folks. Makes the show a lot more interesting. That it does. And last week we had a record number of calls. We did. Right? We Just did. One after the other. See if we can't top that this week. <laughs> we'll give it a Where, shot. Wherever you may be, give us a call. We always appreciate that. I find it just makes the show more interesting it to does. have a variety of calls. And we sit down and try to think of a topic that people might be interested in. But when folks are calling in, we're getting topics that people are interested in. Exactly. So that's the thing. Of course, sometimes it happens, sometimes it don't. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we just have to muddle through. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a surgeon and mm-hmm. he's talking about how medical sciences. And he says, well, you know, sometimes the magic works, sometimes it don't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the same kind of sure, thing there. Sure. You know? We had a couple of really good email this week. And for some reason, I got a bunch of email on people who are interested in brake flushing, where you flush out the fluid in your brake system, which is a good idea. But one guy was saying, well, I see that it's not on the maintenance schedule. And that is true. I don't know of any American manufacturer that recommends brake flushing on their their maintenance maintenance schedule. schedule. Some of the Europeans do. European cars use a different grade grade of brake fluid. Yeah, they're using a dot Four, which has a higher balling point than the dot yeah, three. It has more alcohol, so it has a higher ball point initially, but it's also contaminate more because it has more alcohol in it. And alcohol is what absorbs the moisture out of the atmosphere. So they want it flushed out of there before it starts corroding the internal metal lines. Right. The same exact thing happens with dot three. It just happens at a slightly slower. slower rate. And back in the day when we used to use either asbestos or even metallic brake pads, a set of brake pads lasted 40,000, 50,000 miles sure. at most. Which meant probably every three to four four years, years. you'll probably do a brake service. And if you did a brake service properly, part of that was exchanging the brake fluid. Yep. Although not every shop does that. Not every shop does. You gotta be very, very careful with that. But with the newer materials, especially the ceramic brake pads, it's not unusual for those to last a hundred thousand miles. Easily. Easily. And if you drive your car not very often, a hundred thousand miles may equate to ten, twelve years. And by that time, that brake fluid is totally absorbed. Totally, All the moisture it can absorb. Totally contaminated. The boiling point is almost dangerously low, and it is attacking the metal components in the system. Now, again, going way back when you didn't have ABS brakes and stuff, you had a master cylinder, which probably made out of cast iron, and you had some cast iron wheel cylinders. And moisture in the fluid really didn't do a tremendous amount of damage. If it did, you probably were looking at a $30, $40 repair. Sure. But today, almost every part of that system is aluminum or some form of alloy metal, which is very active. It's going to respond to corrosion a lot more than it did before. But more to the point, there are some extremely, extremely expensive components in the brake system. Sure. Now you have your hydraulic ABS unit along with... The integrated ABS master cylinder units like the Toyota and some of you Europeans like to use. Yes, some of your Toyota products, that master cylinder brake booster assembly can be over $2,000. Oh, yeah. Just Um, for the part. In fact, we changed one the other day that was uh, $2,400. Yeah. On the American cars, they more often use an add-on system, which is a separate little module from everything else. And the electronic part and the hydraulic part is often separate. But still, it can be a five or $600 repair. Easily. Just for the part. Because the whole repair probably over $1,000. But just that part can be 
pretty expensive, and there's lots of stuff in there. There is. Lots of small valves and small port and things that will get stopped up if you don't maintain the brake fluid. That's right. And even if that doesn't occur, you get a lot of trash in that system, and it tends to settle at the lowest point in the system, which is probably the brake calipers. So you got a bunch of sludge and stuff accumulated in your brake calipers. Now, when you do the first brake service, if you bring it to a trained professional, he is going to do one of two things. Either he's going to flush the fluid out before he starts, or he's going to open the bleeder screw, push the caliper piston back in, and expel the old fluid. Right. So if you got clean fluid going back in, vacuum out the master cylinder, put fresh fluid there. But if you bring it to what I'm going to say is the average repair shop, they're probably going to push those pistons back in, which just flushed all that trash right back right through back the system. Right to the master cylinder. Then they're going to put the pads on. Then they might top off the master cylinder and bleed it. And when they do, they're taking all the contaminated fluid and running it all the way through those brand new parts you just put on. Right. The proper way is to go ahead and flush it first. Right. That way you get the, most of the trash out from behind the piston. So when you do open bleeder screw and you squeeze the piston back in, you're not running that piston seal across that trash. Right. And then or you forcing can, it back up through the system. But that's even worse. Yeah. That, that is the worst thing you can do because that trash back feeds. Under and if, pressure. And if there's a little trash and it gets hung up in one of the abs valves mm-hmm. you're going to get into a major problem pretty yeah. quick well the first thing you know it may not happen that day but within a couple of days maybe a week by them if abs light pops on or worse yet the just brake pedal won't stay high anymore it yeah. just starts sinking it down starts sinking down no lights no no be no abs codes right because it's leaking into the accumulator internally or even or one of the seals, the seals on the right. master cylinder so all these reasons are the reasons why it is better to keep clean fluid in there as opposed to letting it get totally contaminated. Now, the average life on a DOT-3 system is about three years Sure, is what it's going to last. And that doesn't mean at three years you need to stop the car, get it off the road, get it done, but somewhere thereabouts. And so you ask, if it's this important, why, why isn't it on the maintenance schedules? Well, it's not part of the maintenance schedule for the mere reason that if you have a major problem with this at 10, 12-year-old vehicle, you're most likely just going to go get another one. Well, that's part of it, and we're going to cover some more about that in just a minute. Let's go to our phone lines. we got John Line. Good morning, John. Hi, guys. It's John from Canada. How are hey, you? Hey, John. How you Good doing, morning. man? Good. i got a question for you. Sure. I had a transmission service done on my 9-year-old Civic with 72,000 miles on it. Okay. And I've had it done just about the third time. Sorry, Good. I didn't mean a transmission. I actually had both of them done, but the transmission I wanted to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. Normally, you'd said change it twice, you know, put it in and then dump it and then do it again. That's most effective. And so I gave him the fluid to do it, and then I, I came back in, and he said he did it on the hoist. He didn't have me drive it. Is that the right way, or will it not go through the gears properly? And, well, and, John, if he takes and shifts it through all the gears, you can get most of the same stuff done. I prefer to drive it between simply because what it does is it circulates fluid a little better, lets it get to operating temperature better. A shop is kind of aggravating because they'd have to rack the car twice. So that's probably that's why he didn't he do it. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> said, well, you did it twice two other times. I don't know why. I didn't say that because he'd get mad. But. Yeah. Well, and if he did get in the car and shift it between all the gears and let it do its thing and all that, the only drawback to doing that, if the car is up in the air on some cars, if you put it in gear and let it run, it'll set an ABS light because seeing two wheels turning and two wheels yep. not turning. So, you have to clear the codes when you're through with it. But, yeah, the best way he to do it. I, I can't go out to the shop like I can at yours. So yeah. I, can't, I don't know what's going on on the other side of the door. But 
I have a suspicion that they probably just put it up and, and, and put it in gear and just let it run, and I doubt it. It probably went through the gears once, and then it just went top gear, so that's uh, what bothered me. On the lift, it's going to have to be manually run through the gears. If you just drop it and drive, it's going to run up about 5, 10 miles an hour right. and stay just in one gear. There. Because and there's no roll. Or whatever. Yeah. Right, there's no that's pull, what, there's that's no load. That's what I was annoyed about, and I thought, well, you could tell me whether. Now, I've the car, I've done it three, the car's uh, nine years, and I've had it, this is the uh, third time I've mm-hmm. done it. Mm-hmm. Good. So I don't know, do you think it just leave it and, and do it in another year, a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. he probably got the majority of it out because it's been done so regular. It's not like you're dealing with a unit that's totally contaminated. You know, if it was nine years old, never been done, I'd say that would totally not work. But, yeah, yeah. it's been well-maintained. So the fluid that's in there is still relatively clean and relatively not contaminated. contaminated but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that would be okay. Maybe just do it a little sooner next time around. And yeah, I know you said. It, I know it's sweet, and I think when you, when you said, "Well, if you do it every year or two, you could you only have to do it once, probably." I right. A few years ago. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thanks, guys. Always nice to talk to you. It's been a while. Well, good. How's things up in Canada, man? Well, it's still cold here, but I just went to watch my granddaughter. She's a figure skater. Yeah. And, uh, she does dance. You know, uh, with a boy and girl, and they dance, right. and she's. She's 14, so wow, I boy. was up at 6 in the morning going to watch that. It's colder in the rink than it is outdoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were having some pretty hot weather. We yeah. were up to almost 80, 80. degrees. And yesterday, it dropped down to about 65 yeah, Fahrenheit, like and everybody's oh, walking God. around with long coats on, me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody broke out the winter wear here. That's right. You'd, yeah, you'd have been you swimming, your, man. You your snow boots out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like your weather better, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Jowell, thanks for calling, man. Nice talking to you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Too. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a quick little break. Be right back with a whole lot more on the Automotive Hour. If you ever plan to motor Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy. Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing. Along with the piercing eagle claw technique. Working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. <laughs> when you hear that, you know it's working. I bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's general inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term. One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us the Automotive Hour, I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901, and that's what Adam did. Adam, thanks for holding. Uh, thanks, Louis. I appreciate it. Thanks, Louis and Brian. Good um, morning. Louis, I have a, uh, a 2007 Lexus GS350. It's all-wheel drive, mm-hmm. and two Saturdays ago, I was in a, a minor uh, accident where the rear left tire was punctured. Okay. And, you know, the other driver accepted liability, and I'm getting everything taken care of, but the insurance company is only going to cover replacing one tire. I've got the tires last year. I've, I'd say there's probably 10,000 miles on all the tires mm-hmm. that were, you know, on the vehicle. 
they're going to replace one tire. And I'm just curious, like, how much of an issue you think I might have with different rolling radiuses? Well, if, an, if that would be an issue with that, that sort of mileage. Yeah, what I would do, Adam, is I would first measure the amount of rubber remaining on a tire. And a new tire is 10, 30 seconds of an inch thick. So either you or have someone measure that and get an accurate reading on it. Now, let's say it's 9.30 seconds remaining. It'd probably be pretty negligible. Let's say you got 6.30 seconds remaining. That's going to be an issue. And in your owner's manual, it states that you cannot replace one tire on this vehicle. So I would simply take that reading done by a professional or done however, take the page out of the book and said, okay, unless you're going to assume liability for everything that may occur from me violating the policy in this book, you're going to have to put four tires on this. Now they may want you to pay the difference because in insurance world, they got what they call betterment. And you're getting better than what you had before. You're getting four new tires. You had four, right. six thirty seconds before, but I would argue that, Hey, I didn't ask this guy to run my car. My, it was perfectly serviceable. And there's under the law, they have to make you whole. They have to make you back like you were one second before the guy hit your car. That's what right. is required under the law. So I would start out by having those tires professionally measured. If you got nine thirty seconds or more, it's probably not going to be an issue. It's probably not really worth pursuing. And when Lexus made that policy about putting all four on all-wheel drive or, or everybody else did the same thing, because the, it's hard for them to say, well, it's okay if it's this much. And, 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 you know, pretty much if you got to make a blanket statement, you got to make something that's going to cover everybody. apply, cover everybody. But – Like everything else in the world, it's a matter of degrees. But I think you do have an arguing point if the tires are worn some. Now, like I say, you may have to cough up some money for the extra rubber that you're paying for because you're getting better than you had before. But that would be good. I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, I wouldn't want to run around with 630 seconds on three tires and 1030 seconds on one tire. I think that would be an issue. I didn't. Well, I know that shaving tires is done, but I think it's kind of a specialty thing, and I'm not sure where to go to get that done. If I was going to do that for the one tire or just get three, get three new tires, yeah. consider it, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I like your idea. I haven't, I, I mean, I've talked to the adjuster, mm-hmm. but they just give you the song and dance, sure. which I'm sure you're familiar with. Well, that's his job. And, you know, his job is to save the insurance company money, but I don't know any adjuster that is going to assume liability for damage, further damage to try to save money. These guys, like I said, their job is to cut claims costs but they're not stupid they're they're pretty smart people for the most part right. and if you can show him documentation okay here's my own manual it says it has to have four tires now are you going to assume liability for the transaxle because that's what you, you're telling me to do something that's wrong clearly stated in this book if you can demonstrate to them okay here is a picture of the guy measuring the tire the other three tires this is how much rubber remains on them and this is a policy from Lexus saying they all have to have the same amount. Now, where do we go from here? And again, you got to be reasonable. You can't expect four brand new tires without you paying for the rubber you used on the other three tires. Right. So I think that that could probably be worked out. But again, before I went to a huge amount, I just checked to see how much it is. If it's real close, it's probably not an issue. We used to do the tire truing at Agco. In fact, we had two machines, one off car and one on car. Used to do it a lot, but it's just kind of a, Tires are a lot better now, and we don't have the outer round and all that we had going on at one time. And even the rims, almost every car now has aluminum rims. Back when you had steel rims, they didn't run as true as the aluminum ones do. And when you mount a tire, you get some run out in it, so you could have to true the tire to the rim to make it perform at its optimum. 
But that is another option. You could cut down the tire that you're putting on there if you can find somebody who does that. Where are you calling from, Adam? Delaware. Yeah, you may still be able to find someone with a tire truing machine. The ones that do it on the car are best. And okay. he could actually trim that tire down to the exact same amount as the other three. It's not a real big, big deal. It takes, what, half hour, 45 minutes? Something like that per tire. Yeah, the and if you got a new tire, probably a little less because part of the biggest time in truing a tire is digging all little rocks out of the tread. Yeah. <laughs> because if that right. rock hits the blade, it, it tears it up and it starts chopping right. it after that. But, uh, yeah, if you got a new tire, it really wouldn't take very long to do it. It's just finding somebody that can do it. Yeah, I don't. Do we still have that machine no. upstairs? No, we finally got rid of it. Yeah, we just didn't have any calls for it at all, and like every other thing, you only got so much stuff you can store. But yeah, if you could find someone who could do that for you. Okay. Yeah, that was the only other option I, I was thinking of. Yeah. But thank you guys. Thank you so very much. Have right. a wonderful day. Good. Thanks, for calling, Adam. Bye bye. Right, we were talking just a bit about brake fluid and replacing brake fluid. Correct. And the question pops up why isn't it on the maintenance schedule well the answer to that is i guess kind of multifold but manufacturers really dissuade their dealers from doing maintenance particularly under the warranty period now the reason being is because maintenance done properly can never ever hurt a car and is going to extend the life of it and that is the key statement properly. done properly However, if somebody does something wrong, then they can actually create a problem that would have to be covered under, under warranty. the warranty. Right. Not only that, but when they go in there and start doing these things, they're looking around. They may spot something that is asymptomatic that now needs to be covered under warranty. Sure. So you got to think about it. It's sort of a quadruple whammy. Number one is that if they do something wrong, it's going to cost the manufacturer money. If they find something, if they find something there, else under warranty, it's going to cost the manufacturer money. If they extend the life of the car, that, in a way, also costs the manufacturer money. Sure, it's one less car they get to sell. That's right. And they are make no bones about it. They want you to be happy. They want you to have a good product. But, but they, they want also you to want sell to sell you another car. Right. <laughs> Number four is if you add anything to the maintenance schedule, it's going to increase the perceived maintenance of the car. In other words, a person who does not know what they're looking at can look at a line of figures and says, okay, well, this car costs more to maintain this car, so this car is a better car, the one that costs less. However, not necessarily. not necessarily. If this one is going to last twice as long because of the maintenance, then it is actually cheaper. That's what we talk one. about all the time, overall lowest cost. Correct. And that takes a trained buyer, someone who can look beyond just price and see the true cost. We talked about this a few weeks ago with the cabin filters, where right. they, they quit putting cabin filters in cars to lower their overall maintenance costs on paper. However, when your evaporator core now plugs up instead of the filter, you got a much, much bigger issue. Well, you know, you take a you take a ten fifteen dollar filter, change it a few times, save this evaporator. Now let's take Which that same picture with the one dollars. without. You go in and change an evaporator because it's plugged up. First thing off is you can't get to it to clean it very well, mm -hmm. if you can get to it at all. Mm -hmm. Then you have to take it out. And taking out an evaporator out of a modern vehicle is it's, is a, it, it's an amazing sight, really. Yeah, to to see it done, totally disassembled car. You can see the back of the firewall. Yeah, everything when you're done. There. Everything has to come out from the firewall back, mm -hmm. and it is it's an amazing sight, really. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> all I can say about it. I yeah. mean, it's a lot of labor, a lot of intense parts. Um, but to save this fifteen dollar filter that maybe you change four times in the life of the car, they just take it out. Yeah, you're talking sixty bucks you would have spent. But now you got a thousand something dollar repair on your hand. Exactly. 
And that's the way manufacturers tend to view maintenance. They kind of see it as, well, no, not so much, particularly under their warranty period. Exactly. I remember a guy came in, and he had fairly low mileage on his vehicle, but the transmission was acting funny. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't a big thing. It was very subtle. But he said, let's go ahead and service it because I believe in maintenance. And I want to say he had a 36,000-mile warranty, and it was right about 30,000 miles. So we dropped the pan, and when we did, there was a pile of metal and clutch material in the pan. So what I did, I brought him out. I showed it to him. I said, let me do this. I'm going to put it right back on. I'm not going to clean it. I'm not going to do anything. You need to go straight to the dealership and tell them you got debris in your pan. Mm -hmm. Well, he does that, and they said, well, how do you know you got debris in the pan? He said, well, because I had the pan drop to change the fluid. Why'd you do that? Well, that's that's a stupid question. Why you ask me, why did I do that? (laughs) You know, that's my business. It's my car. I can do what sure. I want with it. It has metal in the pan. That's the point. But they weren't arguing, well, he shouldn't yeah, be should servicing. be in it. Yeah. yeah. He shouldn't be. Yeah, you, you ought to remain ignorant because it could probably take forty, fifty thousand 50,000 miles for this thing to fail. It'll be out of warranty by then. And that's what they're concerned about. But he did push the point, and they did end up uh-huh. putting a new transmission in the car under warranty. Now, wow. had he not done this. Right. He'd again, have been out. Yeah, well, it'd have probably made it sixty, seventy-five thousand miles before it failed. Maybe more. Might have went 100,000 miles before it failed. But the point is, it it's was failing. under warranty now. We've got metal in the pan, which is not normal. Right. So, again, this is another reason why they really don't care to have you do maintenance on the car. Well, sure. Well, we got to take our second quick little break. Be right back with a whole lot more in the Automotive Hour. Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair, deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with ACO's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at ACO Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. You just joined us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Why don't you give us a call? Our number is 291-6901. Got all our lines wide open, sitting there lonely, crying out to me. Call me, call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us a call. We've got a couple of really good calls already. We have. And we have. like to go ahead and add a few more to that. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity to get a live answer this morning, you can always go to our website, get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button, fill out the form, and send it on in. Hey, it couldn't be any easier than that. And we were talking a little bit about maintenance and particularly brake fluid exchanges sure. and such as that, why they are not on the maintenance schedule. And, again, we mentioned four different reasons why manufacturers don't particularly push maintenance in fact they really don't like doing it too much and you've worked in dealerships before as have i have you ever had a class on maintenance no 
Not that I remember. No, it was always a specific repair on a specific vehicle or something of that nature. Something that is causing warranty issues because in a dealership, and I'm not saying anything bad about a dealership, but in a dealership, mostly what you're going to see is new cars, new cars with pattern problems. Sure. And so as soon as those warranty claims start coming in, they said, okay, we got an issue here. Let's be everybody trained on diagnosing and solving this issue because that is what matters to them. Is what right, it, that's what's costing the manufacturer money. That's right. But I've never had a class. I'm sure there probably are some I'm classes I'm sure there are. There. I never saw one. I, I don't remember ever having one. And I never had any – we never got a work car that said, you know, review the maintenance on this car. Check it over and see what it needs. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe it was out of warranty, an older car, we may have seen that. But not very often did that come up. So point comes in, where is a good place to get maintenance on your car? Okay. Because proper maintenance, as we have said dozens of times, can never, ever, ever hurt a car. Mm-hmm. However, improper. improper maintenance can do more harm than good. And sure. that's another thing the manufacturers know. And they just they say, you know, why are we going to go looking for problems? It's going to cost us money if they, if they find anything during warranty. So why would we go looking for problems? Exactly. But – from the consumer standpoint, from the guy who owns the car standpoint, just like the guy we just talked about, he had, he probably would not have ever known his transmission was going out had he not had it well, until brought it, in for service. Until it was out of warranty and he started actually having major problems mm-hmm. with it. Now, you know, you take a lot of shops, and, and again, you've been in shops, I've been in shops, they'll buy brake fluid by the gallon sure. because it's a lot cheaper than buying it by the quart or by the pint. And one guy does a brake service where he pops the top off, knocks a little seal out, fills the master cylinder up, puts the cap back on, sits it on the shelf, hopefully puts the cap back on. Hopefully. I've walked in places and seen them sitting there with no cap on. Exactly. Next guy uses it. Next guy uses it. Next guy comes up and grinds something and all the metal shavings and all flying in the air, the dust, the dirt. And the point is, if you go to a place like that and have a brake system fluid exchange done, and they take this old gallon can that's been open for two, three weeks sitting there or more, dump that into your master cylinder, they are probably doing more harm than what's already there. Yeah, it's probably more contaminated than the fluid that's in the car. That's why we like to get them in the pint jars. We go through enough of it in a pint container to use almost all of a pint on a a one-vehicle service. One can is going to do one car, and... The rest of it, you just dispose of it. And since brake fluid is a glycol-based product, you do have to pay to get rid of it. It's not right. something you can just dump down a drain or pour in a dumpster or whatever. You have to dispose of it with your antifreeze. And since old glycol has no inherent value, like oil has some, some value because some. they're going to make heating oil out of it, but this doesn't. So you have to actually pay to have, have this it. stuff hauled off. Correct. So you want to buy small enough containers, even though you're bu- you're paying more up front for the container. It's in the customer's best interest. Sure. I don't like to use the same container over and over again. Now, we've got a brake pressure machine, which has a rubber bladder in it. You can pour a gallon or two gallons of fluid in there, uh-huh. three, four, however many gallons it holds, because when you put the pressure to it and bleed it off, you're going to bleed all the air out of there. So now it's in a sealed container. Exactly. It's got a rubber bladder and nothing but fluid under. It's under pressure and it's sealed. So you're not going to get contaminated there. That is acceptable. Well, and you also have to look at all your attachments for it. Those have to be kept clean. That's right. They have to be kept serviceable. And preferably, you don't want them leaking anywhere. Right. Because, like you're saying, brake fluid is corrosive. That's right. If it gets on the paint on your car, it's going to eat right through it. Yes, it will. And quickly. It's not. So doing a brake service improperly 
is probably worse than not, not doing, doing it at all. all. And this is true of almost any kind of maintenance. For instance, most of the contaminants, the, the heavy stuff is going to be in the calipers because it's heavier than the fluid. So it tends to go to the bottom of the system. It's going to migrate on down there. But the fluid that's in the master cylinder is probably going to be the most contaminated because that's where the vent is. That's where the moisture leaks in. So even though it's not full of trash and all, it's going to be contaminated with moisture. So the first thing you always want to do is to remove that fluid. Correct. Whatever means necessary. Yeah, if whether, you have a vacuum tank or you have a, a rubber turkey, turkey baster, baster or whatever, right. remove what's in the master cylinder. Take a fresh, clean, clean cloth. The master cylinder. A lint-free cloth. Get in there and clean as much of that old debris out of there as you can. All that old scum that's built in the bottom of mm-hmm. it. As much as you can get cleaned out and pour you a little bit of fresh fluid in it, mm-hmm. kind of swish it around a little bit and then wipe it out one more time. And that gets the majority of the contaminant from the top of the system. Right. Now, go ahead and fill it with fresh fluid and start your purging process from there. Sure. Because if you start purging this old nasty fluid right back through your system, all you're doing is taking dirty fluid and just running it right back through the system. The I mean, high, you're, the high, my, you're moving the contaminated fluid to, to the lower part of the to system. To parts that were less contaminated. Now, again, there is a bleeding procedure, and a lot of cars have different procedures. They do. It's not like one procedure fits all anymore. So you're going to need to know the bleeding procedure. You're going to need to have clean, fresh fluid. You're going to have to have something to catch it in. Something to contain it. But probably most to the point, you're going to have to have the correct fluid for the car. Yes, and that's not an easy thing anymore either. It's not because dot three used to be the standard. Dot three came in everything. It was used in everything. And then the manufacturers came out with a dot four, which is kind of a European right fluid, higher boiling higher point. boiling point. And some of the manufacturers in the United States have adapted it. I know Ford has runs dot four in their pickup trucks. Yeah, some of their trucks. They even have a low viscosity. Dot four, which is different again. Which is different again. Mm-hmm. So you you got to know what's going in it and be prepared to have that fluid before you start. And like a lot of people, when they go shopping for anything, they find the thing with the highest price and figure this must be the best one. Mm-hmm. Well, you may run across some silicone fluid out there. It's going to be higher price, sure, and it is a great product, but it's not compatible with your system that you got today. So you can't dump silicone fluid into a alcohol based system without replacing every piece of rubber in the system. Right. Now, there's also yeah. synthetic fluid, which is compatible. So you got to watch. There's just lots of different fluid types out there. you got to get the right fluid, the one that meets the specification for your vehicle. Dot 5 is the synthetic ba- um, synthetic-based fluid. Well, yeah, fi- 5 is silicone, five, I believe. 5 is not compatible with ABS. Right, that's silicone. Right. It is not compatible. It yeah. will aerate under an ABS situation. And you'll lose the, the brake pedal. Right. The brake pedal will fall off. Five was designed before ABS came out as a replacement that would not corrode because silicone does not absorb moisture. Mm-hmm. It's really good in something like an old classic car. Sure. Something if that you sits. are totally rebuilding your braking system. Changing every rubber component every in it. part of rubber and you're flushing the lines or replacing the lines, Dot Five is a great product because it can sit there and it's not going to contaminate. And it's not going to tear the paint up if right. it gets spilled. If it gets spilled on that beautiful paint job you got, it's not going to eat the paint off of it. So right. it's excellent for that. Maybe in some older motorhomes that were not ABS equipped, it was really good right? because they tend to sit sad. a lot. It was a very promising product that technology just eclipsed because sure. when ABS came out, because of the rapid pulsing in an ABS system, 
this stuff will foam. Mm-hmm. And if it foams, you're going to get air in the system, and it's not going to work. So you cannot use that, even though it is possibly a better product. Mm-hmm. Now, again, once you get all this done, you have to bleed all your system out in the proper method. Now, if you've got active braking, which some of your GM, GM products have, yeah. and probably some others, you're going to have to have a factory-type scan tool to cycle the, the pump and bleed the brakes with. Because right. if you do not, if you try to foot bleed that system, the brake pedal is going to fall off, and it will take forever if maybe not even possible. Get, yeah. You may not ever get it back. Right. You have to bring it to my tow it somewhere and has proper equipment and have them And even even with the, the proper equipment, it takes a an a hour long, or so. It takes a long time to do, to get and it, done it correctly. keeps up an inordinate amount of fluid. Especially if it has been already fooled with you yeah. know if the pedal's already low yeah then it's going to be a real chore to get back now if you knew this going in and you have the proper tooling it's not that big a deal to go ahead and flush the system to do out. the proper procedure correct right. it's not that big a deal but to try to recover recover you know, one yeah, yeah. We, yeah recoup a pedal that's already gone down can be a real big deal let's go back to our phone lines we got willie online good morning willie good morning good morning 1995 chevy with 287,000 miles. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. The truck has been good for me, except the air conditioning had all kind of problems. Right. And I like to know the status, what was the original diagnosis of how often did that problem occur in your workshop? And two, the dry shaft. No problems yet, but how do I know when that thing's going to give out? Well, to answer the second question first, because it's a little easier question, U joints and dry shafts can last the life of the vehicle. Sometimes they go out. Generally, something causes them to go out. Either somebody has backed up in high water and water's gotten past the seals, gotten into the joint, most five degrees, and that's why they fail. Sometimes people modify their car, they jack it up, it changes the angle, and it starts eating new joints. But the thing is, it's always going to give you some type of a symptom. So long as you're tuned to the symptoms, you'll know when it needs one. One way they fail is where you get that clunk when you go in reverse, and that's a catastrophic failure where the rollers deteriorate and you got slack in it. Another way they fail is when the rollers will just kind of seize up. You're not going to get any clunk because it's not going to be any slack, but you'll get a vibration. And it may be a vibration at higher speed, maybe at lower speed. Generally, if you let off the gas and accelerate, it'll kind of change. So you can tell that. But if you're having no type of a problem with it, no vibration, no noise, none of that, most likely it's going to be good, Willie. And you just don't, it's not a part that has to have service, service. on it. Okay, no problem. Everything seems to be good. Yeah, then I just leave it alone. Now, on your air conditioning, are you talking about is it unusual for them to fail at that many years or miles? No, it has been failing. I don't know how many times I've had it repaired. Okay. That may, I heard that that make a year that was a problem year for air conditioners. Has, well, has that occurred to you? No, not, no, not, not necessarily. necessarily. You know, air conditioning repair, uh, lots and lots of people do air conditioning repair, but in my experience, not do a lot correct. of people do it correctly. Air conditioners have to be almost sterile inside. I mean, they have to be completely, perfectly clean inside. Any debris that's left in there is going to cause the next failure. Most of the time, what happens, Willie, is that the system gets old. The hoses start to get porous. Moisture leaks in through the hose. It contaminates the filter dryer. The filter dryer starts deteriorating it blocks off the all flow of the compressor and now the compressor fails so the shop goes and says, well the compressor failed they take it off put another compressor in the old dirty nasty filthy system with all the other problems well the average life expectancy of that's probably two to six months then it's gonna fail again 
Well, now you got the material from two compressors in there, which is a much bigger problem you had originally. And they never go in and fully diagnose the problem. People will come to us and like, well, you're more expensive than everybody else. That's because I'm doing the job right the first time. But I'm going to be a lot less expensive than you repairing this thing six times and still not having air conditioning. So the key with air conditioning, ideally, it gets fixed right the first time because each time it gets harder and harder to affect a repair because all this debris from all these different parts are in there. So most likely it's just not getting a complete repair or not getting a full repair or it's not being repaired properly if it continues to fail. I mean, I've done air conditioning work for 40 years now, almost 50 years, and I can't say that we get a lot of comebacks on anything. You know, we give a one-year warranty on everything we do. We'd be out of business by now if, if we were having those kind of problems. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Thank you. All right. Well, All right, thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right. We've got to take our third quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Man, you have a personal trainer, right? Yes, I've got the guy, Mr. Miyago. <laughs> He's going to teach me how to wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyago's no joke. Oh, sorry. He begins by filling your shorts with wet sand to provide weight resistance and enhance focus. Then launches into a series of drills like crouching tiger, hidden badger, fire monkey, flogging duck, and highly agitated dragon. Sounds kind of extreme. Yeah, brah. Extreme results. Everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for the right automotive guy, it's Agco Automotive. We make it easy. Quality repairs and a staff you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, you get an annual checkup to diagnose problems that could cost you down the road. You will need to sign a waiver stating you are not allergic to pig intestines and live geese. I think I'm just going to hit the gym, TJ, but thanks. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. And we were talking a little bit about maintenance and doing maintenance right and how doing it wrong can actually cause you more problems even than not doing it at all. That's right. not an excuse to not do it. But We were talking about brake fluid, but this pertains to everything everything on the vehicle well or even in life really (laughs) in life one thing comes to my mind is coolant and i've seen people go in to change their own coolant and they'll drain it out and take and try to flush it out with some kind of chemical now you've introduced a foreign chemical into the system which you're not going to get out or even out a garden hose yeah or putting water into it and you can't get all the water out so now you got a diluted mixture then they'll dump the coolant in there and put some water on top of it now you got a system set up for corrosion sure because you know, in, in it's not balanced anymore. A lot of engines, if you dump coolant into it, it's going to go to the bottom of the engine block and it's going to sit there. When you put the water in, it's going to go around the cylinder heads because you don't have flow in the bottom of the engine of many types of engines. Mm-hmm. It just thermally rises and falls. But that is not going to mix in the car. So you have insufficient corrosion protection. You've got pure coolant around your cylinder walls, which doesn't cool. Mm-hmm. You have created a much bigger problem. A perfect storm. Yeah. And if you put the wrong coolant in there on top of that, or mix the coolant with something that's not compatible with what you had. Or don't mix it properly. Yeah, you have created a bigger situation than what you had before. Now, I say do-it-yourselfers make these mistakes. I've seen a I've seen lot of shops make these mistakes. Sure. So when you're picking a shop to do the maintenance on your car, you want someone who thinks about these kinds of things, right. someone who has researched and set up to do this properly right and get your homework done before you actually need this service that's right that way you know the shop you're dealing with you're not 
you know, you can call them, you can talk to them and figure out if they know what they're talking about. And then you can schedule this on your own time. You know, not, I know we're talking about maintenance, but this could be a broken radiator. That's right. Yeah, if the radiator goes out, do you know that this guy is going to put the right coolant back in there? Is he going to pre-mix it properly? Is he going to use distilled water instead of city water in it? All these things are things to know before you bring the car in. Exactly. And it could be, like you said, a radiator. It could be a thermostat. It could be a hose. It could be a water pump. Mm -hmm. Anything that involves replacing the coolant, it has to be done correctly. Now, the same thing obviously applies to a transmission. And because we're talking about an even more expensive component, the right amount of fluid checked properly, the filter replaced on units where it can be replaced, the right type of fluid put into the system. The correct fluid. The correct okay. fluid. Because I know several of your manufacturers have different fluids for different units. Oh, yeah, well, Ford. Ford has four or five different yeah. fluids, at least, maybe more than that. Yeah. Toyota has two or three. Yeah. GM even has two, two, although now I think they've finally dropped DEX3 and said you can use DEX6 and everything. It's right. backwardly compatible. Right. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a little bit better. I got to give GM an attaboy as far as keeping things more or less standardized. You know, they've got one coolant since 1996, you know, right. Dexcool. Good product. Of course, next Burst year, next year they'll change yeah, something different. It. But they have been pretty good about that. When they came out with the Dexron 6, they made it backwardly compatible with the Dex 3. So if you add 6 to a 3 system, it's not going to hurt it. It's not going to hurt it. But you can't uh, go the other way. Yeah. it's you know, 3 is not up to the standards of the 6. six. But 6 will supersede the 3. So they've been pretty good about that. You know who else is uh, good about that is Honda. Yeah, Honda's pretty good about Honda, that. Honda they, has two coolant, one transmission fluid, well, depending on what. They had the old Z1 before it came out with the D, DW. Yeah, DW. But right. it's still, they're it's both, still they're backwards both, compatible. Yeah, backwards compatible. They're uh, good about that. The oil filter. Mm-hmm. Honda has one oil filter that fits 99% of their it vehicles. It fits almost everything. Almost uh, every vehicle. The only cars that it doesn't fit in the Honda the line are the S- the S2000? The S2000 is totally different, and, and they've got some car one. that, well, the little Isuzu's that, was that the Passport maybe? I think so. There was a, one of them that Isuzu actually built it for Honda. Honda uh-huh. just badged it. Right. And so it had it was different. different filter on it. But yeah, they keep one filter consistent through their line, which not only does that lower cost to them, but that it's also so much more convenient. Problems. Oh, it's great for the shop. For the, have some, well, for the consumer. Yeah. That's right. Well, yeah, if you've got a Honda product or two Honda products, you can buy a case of filters. Sure, they sit the on the shelf. The same going to fit all your cars. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it just makes sense to do that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Yeah, <laughs> you Car do. manufacturers <laughs> don't. But, you know, you if, do. if they do that, the cost tends to come down, and somebody comes out and makes a filter that will replace it for lower cost than theirs are, and so people are a lot more likely to go to the better filter for less money uh-huh. somewhere else. But if they keep changing things up, and you got to keep going back to them to get it. There it's like, like window motors on cars. I mean, every couple of years they change the window motor. They do. And they may change nothing more than the connector on it. Or they may change the mounting point just a little bit. Or they may change the size of the gear. But they're not going to work. So no company can afford to make these things other than them. They make all of them for all their cars. Uh-huh. But the replacement market, if you got a motor that only fits one or two years, you can't afford to manufacture that. Right. You'd have to charge so much for it that you couldn't sell it. You you couldn't be competitive on it so yeah that's the reason they keep all this change but yeah with all types of maintenance and repairs it's sort of like we talked to willie about air conditioning repair you get one shot to do it right exactly and we're going to talk one. more about that next week all right when the well starts to warm up a little bit of course it may be warm somewhere but it ain't, <laughs> ain't warm here <laughs> not quite uh <laughs> 
I see we're just about out of time. We're going to start getting ready to wind it on up and get on out of here. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service. Find a written view and fill it out for us, please. That's right. That'll move us up in the ranking so that when a person types in a generic term like auto repair, our name comes up close to the top of the list so more people will listen. More people listen the longer we can do the show. That's right. Also, a great big thank you to everybody who called in today in person. We always want to do tell, appreciate that. Do appreciate you calling in live. And we appreciate your email and all the other stuff as well or just listening. But the calls, I find, really make the show. They so, do. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.